Saturday, May the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, American stores go mask-free, and fighting around Israel broadens. First, the week in brief. Walmart and Costco joined a growing list of big American retailers that will no longer require shoppers to wear masks, provided they have been vaccinated against COVID-19. Meanwhile, Britain's government issued a warning about a variant of the virus first detected in India, B1617, now spreading rapidly in other countries. It may slow the country's relief from restrictions. Fighting within and around Israel broadened, Jewish and Arab civilians clashed in its cities, Israeli security forces killed at least 11 Palestinians in the West Bank, and new protests ignited at the borders with Jordan and Lebanon. The Israel Defense Forces continued pounding the Gaza Strip with artillery, while Hamas launched rockets back. Their five-day exchange has so far killed more than 132 Palestinians in Gaza and eight people in Israel. Republicans in America's House of Representatives elected Elise Stefanik, a congresswoman from New York who is a staunch supporter of Donald Trump, as conference chair, a powerful leadership position. Ms. Stefanik replaces Liz Cheney, who was ousted from the role after criticising the former president for his, quote, big lie that last year's presidential election result was fraudulent. Edwin Poots was elected leader of the Democratic Unionist Party in Northern Ireland, succeeding Arlene Foster after she lost a confidence vote last month. He is likely to succeed her as Northern Ireland's first minister. At present the Agriculture Minister, he has promised to intensify the party's opposition to the contentious Northern Ireland Protocol that introduces checks on goods crossing the Irish Sea. Britain's Serious Fraud Office launched an investigation into, quote, suspected fraud, fraudulent trading and money laundering at GFG Alliance, a steel and mining conglomerate run by Sanjeev Gupta that employs around 35,000 people. GFG has been struggling to raise funds since its main financier, Greensill Capital, collapsed in March. FireEye, a cybersecurity firm, claimed that DarkSide, a criminal group, has told other hackers that it plans to close. DarkSide is thought to be behind ransomware attacks that recently shut down the Colonial Pipeline, America's biggest fuel conduit for five days, and stole data from a division of Toshiba, a Japanese electronics firm. Sales at DoorDash, which has bitten off the largest chunk of America's food delivery market, tripled in the first three months of the year compared with the same period in 2020. However, the company did not narrow its losses as much as analysts had expected, illustrating the difficulty of turning strong demand from lockdown diners into profits. And fact of the day. Last month, oil prices in America were 272% higher than a year earlier, Nothing to do with the Colonial Pipeline. And now, here's today's agenda. Satire or Smut, Tintin's Newest Adventure A French artist who places Tintin, a children's cartoon character in risque scenarios, has won a lawsuit against those wanting to suppress his work. Xavier Marabou specialises in, quote, mashups, mixing cartoon characters with famous paintings. 
He has produced around two dozen of Tintin, appearing in the paintings of Edward Hopper, an American artist, in which Tintin mingles with the glamorous denizens of Hopper's works. In the original comic, Tintin's creator, known by the pseudonym Hergé, never gave his hero a love interest because he is said to have thought that women, quote, were rarely ingredients of comedy. Moulin Sarr, custodians of the Tintin franchise, took Mr. Marabou to court for infringement of moral rights and counterfeiting. It accused the artist of, quote, taking advantage of the reputation of a character to immerse him in an erotic universe, and he faced heavy fines. But on Monday, the court ruled that Mr. Marabou's work qualifies as satire and is therefore permissible. Filmmaking in Iran there is no evil. There is little love lost between Mohammad Rasulov and the Iranian government. In 2010, the film director was arrested, charged with, quote, assembly, collusion and propagandizing against the regime, and sentenced to six years in prison. The term was later reduced. But Mr. Rasulov was banned from making his lyrical, pointed films about life in Iran. He continued in secret, first with Manuscripts Don't Burn, 2013, about the state-sanctioned murder of public intellectuals in the 1980s and 1990s, and then with A Man of Integrity, 2017, about corruption. His latest offering, There Is No Evil, which won the top prize at the Berlin Film Festival in 2020, is possibly his most damning critique of the Iranian regime to date. It follows four characters, each involved in administering capital punishment and grappling with the moral weight of that role. The film's central question, the director says, is, quote, whether one obeys or disobeys the orders of a totalitarian power. Red Planet – China Lands on Mars the China National Space Administration announced that one of its spacecraft, which had been orbiting the fourth planet from the Sun since February 10th as part of a mission called Tianwen-1, made a successful nine-minute descent earlier today. It blazed through the upper atmosphere protected by a heat shield before slowing itself down further with a parachute. At the end of the descent, it used rockets to settle itself onto the surface. Next, a rover called Zhurong is to trundle off the lander and begin a mission of exploration. The only country to have managed such soft landings on Mars till now was America, which landed its Perseverance rover there in February. Both of the European space agency's attempts to do so have failed. That China managed to succeed on its first attempt will cement the impression that it is second only to America in its spacefaring capabilities. Shooting Hoops, the NBA's new African League The Basketball Africa League makes its debut tomorrow. Twelve teams will compete in Kigali, Rwanda's capital, in a league affiliated to the National Basketball Association, the first ever to be held outside North America. The NBA has reason to expand the franchise beyond its home court, Basketball's popularity has grown globally, with leagues already operating in Europe and Africa. This is the seventh consecutive year that the NBA features at least 100 international players. Every single team boasts a baller from overseas, representing 41 countries. Its international market is also a big moneymaker. 
Chinese basketball was popular before the NBA arrived in the 1990s, but is now all the rage, worth more than $500 million a year. As many as 500 million fans watched one game last season, Africa offers similar opportunities. The new league also promises jobs and profits for the six regular host cities, but the BAL will have to compete for viewers' attention. Football remains the region's real slam dunk. Saturday Profile Bang Si Hyuk, Star Maker A little over a decade ago, Bang Si Hyuk was nearly bankrupt. Big Hit Entertainment, his fledgling production company, stubbornly failed to do justice to its ambitious name. Friends thought he was mad for giving up his lucrative songwriting job at one of South Korea's biggest K-pop labels. Now the 48-year-old Mr. Bang, also known as Hitman Bang for the many successful songs to his name, is a dollar billionaire. Big Hit was listed on the Korean Stock Exchange last October, showering riches on him and the seven men who made it all possible, BTS, the most popular boy band on the planet. Mr. Bang, who studied aesthetics at Seoul National University, South Korea's most prestigious, built BTS by letting its members largely do what they wanted. Unlike many other K-pop stars, they write many of their own songs, shape their own image, and talk to fans in an unusually direct way about mental health, the downsides of fame, and the difficulties of social expectations. Their fans are fiercely loyal and demanding, pushing them to embrace issues such as feminism or racial justice. Those fans are eagerly awaiting the latest BTS song, due for release on May 21st. In teaser videos, the band members sport glittering black outfits and wield coke bottles and oversized lollipops while shimmying to minimalist electronic beats. Butter seems destined to be a hit. What comes next? Mr. Bang has renamed his company HYBE and split off the lucrative music production business. Neither move has endeared him to investors. Shares tumbled after their first day of trading. New projects, such as an investment in an artificial voice startup, have yet to show results. But whatever Mr. Bang does, it is unlikely to return him to the brink of bankruptcy. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Catherine Ann Porter, who was born on this day in 1890. One of the marks of a gift is to have the courage of it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.